Today, you're listening to Modern Mia, the podcast that tells the stories and discusses the topics that matter most to Black professional women and mothers. I'm Antonia Katunde, the founder of ModernMia.com. And with me in the studio today, I have Piper Hickman and Nefertiti Anderson. Say hi, you guys. Hey. Hello. How you doing? <laughs> um, Piper Hickman works in advertising. She's a freelance creative director who began her career as a copywriter. And over the past 18 years, she's worked at a number of New York's best agencies on a variety of brands, both big and small. She lives in Brooklyn with her three Ds, her dude, her three-and-a-half-year-old daughter, and her dog. Hey, Piper. Howdy. And Efertiti Anderson is an on-air talent, content creator, and digital marketing strategist who has made a career out of helping others eliminate the gap between setting goals and reaching them. Named as one of Innovative Magazine's Top 100 Women Visionary Leaders to Watch in 2016, not to brag, (laughs) the 25-year-old devotes much of her time as a mentor, public speaker, and career counselor, furthering her mission of helping others take the steps necessary to actualize their dreams. I'm scared of you, Nefertiti. <laughs> I play nice there. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for joining me. Uh, so today, I wanted to talk about a trend that I have personally experienced and also keep seeing articles about uh, the fact that women are having children much later in life. Uh, the CDC says that the average age of first-time motherhood is 26, but just anecdotally, as a 31-year-old, I know, like, a lot of women who haven't had children yet, whether it's because they haven't been able to find the right partner yet or if it's a concerted effort to put uh, their career or a child-free life first. So I wanted to talk to you guys as two women who have um, thoughts and experiences with that. So for our hot topic, we're going to be talking about what we look for in a partner. So you guys... Uh, what kind of partner are you looking for or were you looking for in the case of Piper, who's already married? Piper, who's already married. <laughs> um, definitely what I looked for when I was younger changed as I got older. Yeah. Um, but one thing always stuck with me, especially as I got older, and it's uh, it's something Chris Rock said. And I, I looked it up on my phone. I'm going to read it to you today. This is early Chris Rock, too, like not... Um, this isn't the, not, is, uh, not, Oscars. not the Oscars. Chris Rock. <laughs> okay. yeah, this is HBO, Good old fashioned. Chris Rock. Chris Rock. Yes. <laughs> he says, because if you don't share what you're like, you'll have problems. When you love somebody, you got to love everything about them. You got to love the crust of a motherfucker. <laughs> you can't just love the white part of the bread. <laughs> you got to love the crust, the crumbs, the tiny crumbs at the bottom of the toaster. And so for me, that always stuck when I was dating, especially in New York City. It's such a weird wonderful weird place to date yeah but um if a relationship started going longer than three months or six months or whatever i would ask myself do i love his crust (laughs) (laughs) and if not then it would be like all right maybe it's time to move on yeah um so maybe a better way to answer that question is how i knew when i met my now husband his name is carl um it isn't just about his crust but i do love his crust but um (laughs) we have a lot in common but uh, when, what's the best way to put this? We have a lot in common. We have a lot of fun together. We grew up pretty similar, similarly with similar values. Um, but I've seen him when the chips are down, and I've seen him when things aren't going his way. And this is before we got married. Um, and he's seen me at my worst, and we still wanted to be together. Yeah. And wanted to like solve all the all of life's problems together. <laughs> So that's when I knew that 
this could probably be a good thing. So yeah, because when when I first met him, I kept saying to my mom like. Well, anybody can behave for three months. Well, anybody can behave for six <laughs> months. And finally, nine months in, my mom was like, maybe you should start looking at him a little. Because I was just like. Putting him out to the side. Yeah, well, why was that? Because I was a single girl in New York City. And and I had, at the, when I met him, I had li- already lived here 10 years. And I had fallen for other people who left for a ver- you know various reasons. So I was just, I think my skin, like I had that tough yeah. Sex in the city exterior. <laughs> um, and so, uh, yeah, it was my mom who was like, you, you talk about him differently. You sort of. Moms know. Moms know. <laughs> they be knowing. Know. Major yeah. key alert. <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah. Petiti, what about you? What do you look for in a partner? I feel like what I look for in a partner, everyone should look for in a partner. So it's a mystery as to why I'm still single. <laughs> but it's very, it's nothing like surface level. Um, you know, I want somebody that's driven, somebody that's ambitious. So not only like having goals, but like taking the necessary steps to reach those goals. I would like somebody that is God fearing so that they can pray for me and with me. Um, I would like somebody that's supportive. Like I can say that I need attention. I need it. I need you to tell me that you, know you love yourself. me. You like yes. I need you to tell me that you love me. You like me. However you feel, I need you to tell me that like on a consistent basis. And I also need you to be able to express your feelings. I, I find that, you know, many males, especially coming from my background, uh, my family's West Indian, okay. they are not expressive people. It's just like, you're supposed to know how I feel about you, and that's it. Like, I'm going to tell you, I love you one. <laughs> and that's it. And I don't I don't want that for myself. So I want somebody to be able to express themselves, themselves without feeling that it takes away from their manhood. And that's pretty much it. And I'm just like... What's up? What's up, New York? <laughs> well, how did you find your your husband, and how are you looking for that man that you just so eloquently described? Yes, it's it's so funny because my younger self, well, I had I had my list. Yeah, you have your list. It's fantastic. Um, just be prepared. It, it might change a little bit. Yeah, so be open for that. But I love. Yeah. But I feel like it's a good list, right? It's not it's, it's not like, oh, I need him to be this tall, make this much money, you know? <laughs> I think it's the list is a good thing to have so you know what you will stand for and what you won't stand for. Exactly. Especially like I think my list when I was younger was a lot more superficial exactly. than it is right now. Like um what what did I even care about? It was like, oh, he has to be taller than me and like super super taller than he me. He has to be able to dance. He has to like <laughs> Star Trek. I mean, I, random. Yeah, <laughs> so it's good. It's very yeah. good. Um, I met Carl actually through uh, an advertising event. Oh really? Um, let's see, 2008. Once a year, there's a thing called Advertising Week, and there's a lot of seminars and conferences. But it always starts off with a um, a concert, and that year. It was Big Boy and NERD. Oh, wow. And I could only get one ticket from my agency at the time. So the night of the concert came, I was like, oh, am I really going to go to Midtown by myself? Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but then I figured it was advertising, so I would find somebody there. And I wandered around for the longest time looking for somebody that I knew, and he and I walked past each other a couple of times and gave each other the eye, but we're both actually pretty shy. So we never would have spoken to each other, I don't think, but... He happened to see me talking to somebody that he knew. So that was his entree. So he walked up. He was just like. And then our friend Roy, who introduced us, just got married last month. Wow. So that's how we met. Very nice. Mm-hmm. 
you met in person, which I feel like doesn't so, happen anymore. <laughs> and I had done the online dating thing. Yeah. I had, like I had everything, all the cliche ways. And I went out by myself, which I think is key because I didn't have like the girl, you know, just huddle with the girlfriends right. who don't pay attention to like I was wandering around like a lost soul. Like somebody <laughs> please look at me and talk to me. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of funny. And because of my industry, which is funny. Right. Right. What about you? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> it's a great, you know, I am trying to figure it out. So, you know, everyone says that I should try like the online dating thing, but I'm a little scared. I want to just, you know. I don't know how people find people. Yeah. Uh, unless it's online dating, just from my personal experience. Like yeah. I found my fiance through online dating, but it was okay Cupid. Yeah. Um, now I hear about like Tinder and Bumble and other things and it, it stresses me out because yeah. it feels like hot or not like 3.0 right <laughs> and I just can't deal with like swiping and being rejected or like people not even trying to get to know you before yeah. but like I feel like outside of that I you know the major problem for me is that I don't want people to know it's me I feel like I am not comfortable with it as yet so I'm like you know I want to go incognito with glasses and a hat on you know <laughs> so I'm hoping to meet the person that I will be with, um, like in person, you know, like at an event or at work, but working in the media industry, there's a lot of, fe- it's, you know, it's female oriented and most of the males there, they're not interested in females and the ones that are, they not interested in treating you right. So, um, I'm glad you know the distinction yes, too. Good yes, for you. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, uh, I am actually working on being more intentional. You know, I recently did an interview with Essence um, lifestyle and relationship expert, Sharia. Oh, cool. And, you know, I was asking for a friend, but we were, <laughs> I was asking for myself. And she was just like, girl, you need to get out there. You need to work your flirt muscles. You need to practice. I'm like, oh, I like your, you know. Yeah. She's like, you need to go to wherever, you know, that guy you you wherever you think your partner is or wherever you got you think you guys will hang out you need to go there, and you need to be open to luck because like my default is no it's like mm, I know if I like you or not within like five minutes and right. that's being generous, <laughs> so it's like you know just being more open. That's really good advice. Yeah, that's really thanks, good Sharia. Advice. <laughs> you the best. I think it's gonna work. Yeah, I hope. Yeah. I hope. I hope. But you know what? But major like problem for me is that. People are intimidated by me, and I don't know why. Guys have told me this. I guess because I'm like, I don't know, like I'm strong and like I'm confident, but I'm still a girl, you know. Those are the wrong men, I will tell you right now. When I moved back home to Kansas City and I was trying to date, and I was, I had just gotten out of like a really long relationship, thought that was the guy I was gonna marry. He fucked up horribly. Um, I started, I was trying to date a year after we broke up, and I went on OkCupid, and um, guys were like, oh, if you're not okay with the fact that I have a kid, then, like, fuck you, yeah. Kansas City till I die. Yeah. I was like, ooh, I don't yeah. really know if I'm interested in you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but when I would go out and about and talk to people, they would seem really interested in me and then would go talk to someone who, in my mind, didn't seem as, like, interesting and fun as I was. Yeah. And I asked a guy friend about it, and he was like, oh, you look like you read books. Yep. So, like, yep. you're not going to find a guy at Firefly in Kansas yep. City on a Saturday night. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hurt, yep. but okay, thank you. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I also like the idea about being open to it looking like not what you expected it to look like. Like, my fiancé is not 
who I would have written down on paper when I was 21 as to who I wanted to be my, you know, partner and future father of my kids. Like he's super supportive. I didn't even have that concept in mind that I would need someone to be supportive of what I do mm-hmm. until I met him. I was like, oh, like, mm-hmm. why are you so nice, though? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, used to, I'm used to, like, ooh, I don't even want to tell y'all what I'm used yeah. to. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I, uh, it's, I, I'm happy for the both of you. You guys give me hope because I feel like in this day and age, I sound old, in this day and age, that, you know, if you have any standards at all, that your standards are already too high. So like you said, if you look no. like you read, you know, like, I know that's no. not, a, I know that's not a fact. No. I know that's no, not no, a fact. No, no, but that's what it's being presented. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. If you, all the things that are right about you, I, to most guys, especially we're like an Instagram generation where you can like get any girl you want, get, you know. Theoretically, these guys who are commenting on Instagram could not get these women that they are holding all of us. Uh, Pretty much accountable to pretty much just like you know the whole reading books books thing and you being smart those are things that people should want but it makes there was like a great instagram i love instagram (laughs) besides snapchat is like number one instagram is number two but there was like this post that said that you know like every guy wants a strong woman until he realizes that he has to step his own shit up and i think that's the real problem yeah so piper you touched on this earlier but what's the difference between what you look for in a partner now versus when you were younger so, younger, I'm going to go with, like, late 20s, yeah. early 30s. Um, I just, I was just, let's have a good time. Let's have fun. Let's have good conversation. Let's eat good meals. Let's, I I, I think I was, I was really into my career. So, dating was just kind of something to do when I wasn't at the office until midnight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I never looked at it for the long term because it was I was new to New York yeah and it it just seemed everything was happening so fast and you meet people and you do this and you go here and you go that and you fall in love and then they break your heart and then you try online dating and then you meet the guy and it's not the guy it's not the picture that was in his post like I was just kind of (laughs) like wrapped up in the frenzy and entertainment value of it all um but then as I got older um I realized it might be fun to have somebody uh to get a dog with or build a family with or spend the rest of my life with. Yeah. Um, so then it wasn't that I was looking for certain characteristics, but I think like when I met Carl, it was, it was I think I realized that this is probably what I should have been looking for <laughs> all along. He's a lot like my father, who is a fantastic man and very uh, driven and kind and good looking. <laughs> um, so I think it was just the realization that, girl, what have you been doing all this time when something this great is actually out there? Yeah. I will say a lot of the men I dated before I met Carl were not appreciative of how ambitious I was mm-hmm. sometimes. Yeah. Um, why are you at the office until midnight? Um, why, do you, why are you so upset that your idea died? Why, you know? Yeah, because I did have then I had more trouble separating what happened, like leaving work at work, which is really hard to do with what I do. Um, And Carl, having worked in the industry, kind of got it. So we spoke that we spoke the same language on that level, too. Yeah. As to ambitious women, how do you navigate your ambition with, um, in your case, dating and in your case, marriage? Um, 
well, Mary just calmed me down. <laughs> and, <laughs> and a kid I, will do that, too. I will say, and a kid will do that, too, yeah. Well, I met Carl when I was 40, so I was already pretty established um, in my career, uh, which isn't to say that I'm not still ambitious and not still, but a lot of the striving and driving and sweat equity that I had put in it already paid off. Um, and he comes from, his mother has a very, is a, a very, um, successful. She's a, she's a rheumatologist. She has her own practice. Uh, he, he comes from strong female stock. So I think I'm assuming that's partly why he might be attracted to me too. So he's like, yeah, stay in the office till midnight. <laughs> Bring home that bacon. It's all good. <laughs> like, we got mouths to feed. So do what you got to do, girl. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Uh, I'm learning for I'm learning how to let my ambition and my desire for a love life to like live in the same space. I always felt like it's either or. I and that's partly because one, you know, like with your career or whatever, like you know that you all that your career ain't gonna leave you. You know, like you, you know, your career is not going to leave you. And I, I always want to like be a person of value. I want to add to the relationship. And I feel like, you know, once I'm rich, I ain't going to have no problem finding a man, you know. But also, I, you know, I just wanted to be someone that can make my partner a better person. I wanted to like be established and like not have to depend. Like I'll never will be that girl that's like, you know, you got to buy my hair and my clothes and right. all that stuff. Like I got my own. So like, you know, I love quotes. So it's good. You know, I love quotes, but I never remember who they're from. <laughs> but it's like, you know, spoil me with loyalty. I can finance myself. Like that's, that's, that's a good yes, one. That is good. Yeah. So I'm learning. So, you know, aside, aside from that, it's just that, you know, being so driven, those late nights and all that stuff like that, I don't have time to, or I haven't made the time to date and do all those things. As I'm like, I'm busy building my empire. But as I get older, and after talking with Sharia, uh, you know, I realize that I need to like start preparing for my future and that all the things that I've gotten thus far success-wise or within my career, they are things that I all have had to work for. And I don't know why, like, Jesus is just going to, like, drop a man in front of my doorstep. <laughs> you know, I got to work for the relationship that I want as well, which I, I can honestly say that I haven't been doing. I just expect, you know, people to come up to me. That's but a really good. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't think about that either. Like, you do have this expectation, like, the man is supposed to come. Um, but we don't have the same expectation about our careers in education. Like, okay, four years of college. In my case, I went to grad school, and then this is the career I want. So I'm going to go to this internship and then do this and do that. Yeah, I put in a lot of work for um, that part of my life, but not so much with the with the finding well, someone. And it's a lot more under your control. That's true. Like, I knew if I put in the hours, um, if I got the right job, if I positioned myself just so... Um, that it would pay off, like it was in my control. I felt a lot of the time when I was dating um, and getting more more wishful for somebody to share my life with, it just felt so out of my control. Yeah, yeah. I started getting really intense, which <laughs> dudes love, can I tell you? And by love, I mean like get the away from yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there was like two back-to-back -back periods where I was just so hungry for a boyfriend that I just threw myself into these, like, faux relationships with people who, if I had been, like, 
you know, honest with myself and them. I would never have given them the time of day. I just really wanted a relationship. And this is not counter to what I was saying earlier, but it's advice that we hear it all the time. And it's kind of annoying when you're single, like when you stop looking for that person, that's when they show up. It's it's true, though. It's so true. I went to that concert. I wanted to meet Pharrell. (laughs) (laughs) And I joke around because my my husband looks a lot like him. So I was like, well, I got the lookalike, which is so much better. (laughs) There's no way I could have kept up with Pharrell. (laughs) All those women all over him. I mean. Yeah. (laughs) It worked out. Yeah. It was a triple win for me. (laughs) So how has what you look for in a future husband also wrapped into what you're looking for in in terms of a future father of your kids. That part of it was huge for me because I met him later in life. The uh, Biologically speaking, we couldn't (laughs) (laughs) dilly-dally. So um, I had to, like, conceive of him as husband and kind of father at the same time. Um, He's so patient and so... I'd seen it. We used to live across the street from my goddaughters, and they were a big part of my life. Uh, they've since moved to Boston, but we used to hang out with them all the time. I saw him with them. Um, so for me, they were kind of, and I knew he wanted kids, so I knew they were like inextricably like linked. Um, so it was, but a lot of it was also just like a leap of faith because when you are single until you're forty or early forties. Um, suddenly taking on that kind of commitment is, is huge. Luckily, it all went really well. It's so funny to me when you say that you're, you're 25 and you think you're old. I do. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> and like, I don't want to correct you yeah. because that's your feelings and you're yeah. entitled to your feelings. And, but. and, and th- I don't think you need to be doing anything differently. Okay. You, don't they, I reach, to, I you are yeah. You are going out in this city and you're doing your thing and you're making it work and you're going to bump into somebody out there and eventually it'll be the right somebody. I agree. I, I, you're 25. Yeah. yeah. But you know, I have shoes older than you. <laughs> <laughs> but like when you're in, in that moment, it feels like, Oh my it God. Does, yeah. I remember, yeah. I remember that. It didn't even, did. really even feel like that. Oh my gosh. For me, because you know, like I've always kind of like, you know, moved to the tune of like my own drum, but it's like everyone else. And then it's like, you know, like, being in a relationship is right now is not like number one priority for me, honestly, which is bad. But I'm just, you know, well, it's not bad, but it is surprising to others, right? But I want to establish myself first, and I also just want to be selfish. I ain't trying to think about you, and you know what I mean. Like you know, <laughs> when you have a boyfriend, because you know I've have dated and I've had boyfriends before, but it's like you know, it's a whole nother job. You know, like it's it's a job that you you're supposed to love, but it's like having a whole nother job, and then. You know, my family and friends have got to the point where they've even, like, questioned my sexuality. It's just like, hold up. Oh, whoa, yeah. that's a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just like, you know, did you you cross over? And then, they, they, you know, they're like, oh, well, you know, um, it's okay to date. And, you know, like, and then my parents and, like, uncles and aunts. They have friends of the family that ask, you know, like, so what about Nephi? Like, is she dating someone? Is she engaged? Because they all come, they all call to, like, share their news. Like, oh, my daughter's engaged to a doctor who works at so-and-so-and-so. And And then everybody's looking at you. And I'm just like, what? (laughs) (laughs) You know? So it has never really, but it's not something that I'm worried about. Like, I feel like it will just, it will happen when it's, it's supposed to. And the husband that I want 
and 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 the father that I want for my kids. I want my my husband to treat my kids the same way he treats me. Because if you you're not treating them with like love and respect and being expressive and supportive, and I want someone that will, which I didn't list before, but I want someone that is able to take the lead. I think as females, we automatically take the lead. We automatically are like the backbone and strength of everyone else. And then being driven on top of that. And then for me, I am the eldest of three children. So I already feel like I already got two kids. I already got two kids. I don't have to birth myself. I'm good. So, (laughs) you know, I want somebody that can like, you know, Say, honey, like, I'll do this. You know, you don't have to put, you know, we're going to be all, none of that traditional stuff. You know, we're going to, like, shared responsibilities. Like, we both cook. We both clean. You know what I mean? Yeah. That was a really good place to end this conversation. Uh, And when we get back, we'll talk more about deciding to wait to have children, to put career or child-free lives first when we get back. I love reading your comments about the Modern Mia podcast. Donna Marbury tweeted, This Modern Mia podcast is really giving me life right now with the crying Oprah gif, which is literally everything. And then Melina's guide said, More Modern Mia podcasts, please. I only have one more left to finish. What will become of me when I'm done? We release new episodes every two weeks, and you can be among the first to hear them if you subscribe to the Modern Mia podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or Google Play. Just search for Modern Mia, M-A-T-E-R-M-E-A, on anyone of those apps and sites and press subscribe or follow to get a fresh new episode delivered straight to your phone. Thank you in advance and let's get back to the show. Um, where were you in your lives when you were in your life um, when you were ready to have kids and what do you think the difference would have been if you had kids earlier or in your case if um, you know your family members got their way. <laughs> yeah, I actually thought that I was going to have kids. I thought I was going to be married already. Yeah. That was, like, my goal growing up. Because my mom had me when she was 25. Like, she was married and everything. She had it all planned out. She chose my name five years before I was born. Aww. So I'm like, that's going to be that's gonna be me. Yeah. Not so much. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny that, like, you know, you don't realize how much you're replicating what you grew up with. Yeah. Because I I guess I didn't really think about marriage and kids until um, maybe like the late 20s when um, people started having kids or started getting engaged. Um, And I never felt that pressure from my family because my mom had me when she was in her early 30s. So it never felt like I had to to do it right away um, because that's not what I what I grew up with. But there was social pressure and seeing other people, you know, check off that, that, um, that accomplishment and post about it on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. What about you, Piper? For, for me, growing up in Ohio, um, whenever I would go home, so this is pre-Facebook, more or less. So when I first, you know, the first few years that I lived here, and th- there's something about living here where you get to, you can stay a teenager until you're in your 80s in New York if oh, you want so to. Oh, that's so true, yeah. You do not have to grow up here if you don't want to. Especially the men folk. Yeah. Specifically <laughs> the <Yes>. men folk. <laughs> yes. So I would just be doing my thing here in New York, and then I would go home to visit my parents in Cincinnati, and then see people from high school. Oh, you got married. Oh, you have two kids already. Um... 
And then our neighbors oh, would ask me, are you dating anybody? You know, kind of like, what, what's going on with Piper? What's wrong with Piper? Um, nobody taking into account what I was accomplishing in, in a really difficult industry in a really big city, first of all. And second of all, maybe not taking into consideration how difficult it is, how difficult it can be these days for women who are ambitious, women who are women of color, to find partners. Um, so I would always feel a way about it when I went back home because there was something about it that was so familiar, but then there were so many aspects of living there that I didn't jive with anymore because New York had gotten into my system. So I would come back and feel like, all right, I'm totally normal again. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's going to be okay. Yeah, that is, it is soothing to feel like, I mean, most of my friends, even the ones from back home, um, don't have kids yet or, or aren't married. So that kind of like, I don't know, community pressure wasn't there uh, for me personally. But what's, what's really trippy now is I will. So now everybody's on Facebook. I'm friends with a lot of high school people on Facebook and like their kids are going to prom and college and I'm trying to find a kindergarten. <laughs> that is kind of, every now and then I'm like, whoa, <laughs> what have I done? But I just laugh about it. Yeah. Well, did you know yeah. that you wanted to be a mom growing up? I didn't. It was never anything I was super focused on as a young, especially really young girl. Um, I'm the first. I have a younger brother and my parents were pretty um my dad's my dad's very driven very type a he had a very successful marketing career with kroger he was the first african-american vice president of marketing oh wow yes yes, yes Bumper's dad yes. yeah <laughs> um and my mom was a teacher and for also, them yay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so for them it was like get a job get a job you should always have a job you should be able to take care of yourself you should do this you should do get a job get a job you need to be successful get a job you better get a job when you graduate <laughs> what are you going to spain for get back from spain get a job get a job get a job so that's kind of what i ended up doing and for me it was kind of a, a head turner too when i mid-30s and i had gotten great jobs and i'm doing great in new york and all of a sudden they were like you know we want grandkids someday, it, and but they had never. It had never been like have a family, have a family, get married, get married, have a family, find the right guy, find the right guy, find the right guy. <laughs> so I think as a parent, you have to be careful what you instill in your kids. So, and I'm not knocking it or anything because they made me who I am today. I love this city. I have a great career. I met a great guy because of it. So it all ended up okay. But let me tell you, nobody was happier to walk me down the aisle than my parent. They were like, we thought this day would never come. That's awesome. So, um, but I, so I never, I, I think, I remember actually having really bad cramps, uh, as a teenager and begging my mother for a hysterectomy. Oh, oh my no. gosh. And she was like, no, you're going to want kids someday. And I was like, no, I don't. <laughs> I don't even like babysitting. <laughs> Get this out of me. So it was the furthest I, thing from your mind. The furthest thing from my mind. So it wasn't anything that even crossed my mind until, um, I, I will say. So one day, I was in my 30s, I think, and I was riding the train into work, and there was a little girl next to me, and she was talking with her mom, blah, 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 blah. And then she put her hand on my leg, and something, like, my biology went crazy. Something oh, wow. physiological happened, and I, I was a little bit like, whoa. 
what was that, ovaries? <laughs> but I felt like I physically felt like a stir. It was yeah. very bizarre, and I pushed it down, you know, that <laughs> single near. No, 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 no. I don't know what that's about. But uh-huh. I think that's, I, I often think of that day, too, and I think it's interesting that I had a girl. How old were you when um, you had that, that biological stirring? I think it was, like, mid thirty. Because I was living in Fort Greene, so yeah, yeah, mid thirties. It was funny. I was in the Berkshires uh, last weekend visiting a friend and um, her son before they moved uh, to Minneapolis. And I like all my Snapchats were of me and this little boy, like me just watching him play. And my friend texted me. She was like, I can hear your ovaries. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's hilarious. (laughs) Like, what's happening? That is hilarious. Yeah, with with that, I... I, I'm not someone who had like a five year plan ever. I just am very lucky in that I always knew what I wanted to do when I grew up. Uh, so I've been working at that goal for a really, really long time. And kids never played a role in that. But for you, Nafi, was there a shift that happened as someone who came from a family where people had uh, kids like, you know, in their in their early 20s, perhaps? Like, was there a shift for you or can you walk that, us through that? It's hilarious. Let me tell you. Be, OK, let me let me dial it back. So. <laughs> As a child, I never thought about being a mother, like, ever. I always thought about being, like, a great girlfriend. I don't know why, but I would, like, you know, like, when people would, like, watch the music videos, I'm just like, oh, my gosh, like, anybody would be lucky to have me. They still are. They still are. <laughs> but, I, you know, that was my, like, I don't know why, but I'm just like, well, I just thought that I was, like, so amazing and that, like, I would be such an amazing girlfriend and, like, watch out everyone. <laughs> and then um, I... As I got older, you know, like I I wanted a sister for a long time and then she came, God's gift to earth. (laughs) She's like the child that I, my firstborn, I always say my my firstborn that I didn't have to birth myself. We're 12 years apart, but we're super close. Yeah. Yeah. She's my best friend. I would tell her everything if I could, you know, due to her age, we kind of limit some things. (laughs) But like, she's that person that I go to for advice. She's that person to pray for me. She cooks. She likes to cook. I don't like to. She cooks, she bakes, she has her own business at wow. 13. She does everything. So oh she's like gosh. a grown up in like a little kid's body. She she she's amazing. I love her so much. So I feel like already, I feel like I have children already. And just seeing how thoughtful and nice and like all the good things about her has made me say, like, well, I do kind of feel like her mother, although my mom is still alive. She's doing a great job. <laughs> <laughs> she, just, she just has two moms now. I guess. (laughs) Um, But I, you know, I said like, wow, this is great. But living in New York and taking the subway every morning, it has made me not want to have kids. Oh, my gosh. Let me tell you, (laughs) these schools think that it's all right. So let's all go on a school trip and take the train (laughs) there during rush hour. Oh, my gosh. Oh, no. (laughs) So those kids really like so I'm just like, I don't know. I don't. So I'm at a place now where I'm just like, "Mm, I don't know if I want kids. Yeah. This is actually my first time saying it out loud. People may not know that, but like I don't, you know, if I don't, if I don't have kids, it's okay. That's that's the space that I'm at right now. Um, and if I do have them, I welcome them. They good, you know. I, I, I they will be surrounded with with love and all that good stuff. But yeah. the kids in New York, man, it's like, come, come get your kid. Come get <laughs> your kid. You're Sorry. stepping on my foot. That's another thing that like a reason because I. Again, never thought, I, I knew that I wanted to have kids. I knew I wanted to have three kids because, again, I'm the oldest of uh, of three kids. Uh, so I wanted to replicate what I grew up with. But 
having kids in New York, that's a that's a podcast for another day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> I just don't know how you do it. Like I would um, see guys with uh, their wives like carrying the strollers up the staircases. I'm like, maybe I should add that to my that was okay, my biggest, Cupid profile. That was my biggest reoccurring nightmare for me while I was pregnant. And then we don't. I have taken her on the subway by myself maybe I don't once or twice I'll just walk everywhere and then you what you do is you just figure out which subways have elevator like you work it out yeah and people do help you yeah people always help that's so. true one time I helped a mom who um was uh with her son who couldn't have been like more than three years old and the son got pissed at me for helping <laughs> and like hit me what? I was like that is the last goddamn time <laughs> He, like, socked me. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. Sounds like a three-year-old. <laughs> yeah, that's true, though. I should have been nicer. <laughs> I was like, I'm sensitive to mothers because of the work that I do, so I wanted to help. Yeah. But this little boy just punched me. Piper, what does work-life balance look like when you decide to have children later in life? It's it, it's funny because during my maternity leave, I read Lean In. Um. Which was really conflicting. I was going to say, there's kind of like a pregnant pause. Yeah, I was like, what am I, you know, I'm breastfeeding, but I'm reading about leaning in. And it, it, it was, I don't know. It, it, but it was like the first time in a long time that I had a long stretch of time to, to actually read. Um, so then I was like, well, that's what I should have done. I should have become the CEO of Facebook because then I could afford to have this balance that seems so ethereal. Um, so my husband, we, Carl and I, we joke around about it. Like, it's not balance. It's just, it's vertigo. And you just try to stay upright. I love um, that. We, we do have um, regular, a regular caretaker. And I joke around that, like, if it weren't for her, our daughter would be like severely injured and so would our marriage <laughs> like that's real. having that third we joke around like it takes three people to do this but having her um to lean on makes it easy for us to go to work easier for us to stay later if we need to um but it is not it's it's not cheap yeah and i just mean like parenthood in new york for a myriad of reasons real estate uh schools care all that stuff it's not cheap and i wonder had I been younger in my career where I didn't make as uh, the kind of money that I do now, like h- how things could look differently. Yeah, that's a really for, good point. For us and, you know, his his salary as well. Like we both do pretty well. So yeah. it's it's not as painful as it could be. Yeah. Nuffy, does um, finances play a role in your decision to like maybe – not want to have kids. Early. Yes, I'm not bringing <laughs> nobody into this world that I can't support. It exactly. plays a major yeah. role. What you mean? <laughs> because I, you know, I want to like have children and be able to like maintain my lifestyle right. and not have them wearing rags, be able to feed them and clothe them and ha- like you know, it's a lot. Being the eldest of three. You know, when my sister and my brother come to visit, it's like, you know, my parents say, go and have a fun weekend. <laughs> That's amazing. My, That's sister, my sister wants to eat out. <laughs> We're planning a trip to go on vacation this summer, just her and I. And we have family where we're trying to go. But she's like, I want to stay in a hotel. She doesn't want to stay with family. Okay. And we like, she, she's a foodie. And I'm a foodie, so we like to eat out. So it's like it's just it's expensive. And then I also like, um, you know, my mom is a teacher, and so she always had us doing like extracurricular activities, like always in something, everything. So 
that's expensive also. Tennis lessons, piano lessons, mm-hmm. choir, yeah. traveling. Like, we always traveled as a family, and that's something that I would like to be able to do for my children, to get them to explore the world outside of, like, their town, overseas, all that good stuff. So that requires, like, funding and planning and an open mind, you know? I like that you said funding. Yes. <laughs> Someone yes. sponsor my family, please. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. <laughs> Yeah, I have a lot of, as more and more of my friends have kid or kids, they're leaving New York. Like, for a lot of people, um, it's just not even, you, you could do it here, but it's so much more amenable to do it a myriad of other places. So yeah, I'm I losing friends left and right. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Piper. <laughs> well, we, we might be right behind them. Like, we don't know. <laughs> but it, it is, like... Again, things that I didn't even think about until I, like, hit a certain age. But, like, I look at mortgages in Kansas City versus here, and it's like, okay, so I could have a five-bedroom house in Kansas City for what I pay for rent. Right. Like, oh. Right. Cool. Why am I still here? Right. (laughs) But it's because I'm putting my career in child-free life before uh, coming here. Because I've said this before, but I I said I had to leave Kansas City before someone knocked me up and I got comfortable (laughs) 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 for these cheap, cheap, cheap homes. Um, So do you guys have, or, well, do you have fears about having kids later in life, Nephi, in terms of your health and Piper, what was that like when, um, how old were you when um, you had your daughter? I was 44. Yeah. Yeah. So both two, two-pronged <laughs> question for different parts of, uh, of life happening. You know, I haven't really thought that far into it about, you know, when I'm going to have kids. It's like, let me not put the cart before the horse. <laughs> let's find a man. Let's find somebody to have kids with. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, you know, because I still would like to do it traditionally. Um, but I'm very optimistic. You know, having children isn't something that is um, the driving force of like why I want to get into a relationship. And I know these days women are having children, you know, later and later in life. And they're okay. Of course, they're they're more high-risk pregnancies. But, you know, you have in vitro and all these great things. I'm thinking that I am going to be, I'm going to have the big bucks. I'm going to be able to give you guys gifts just because, like, oh. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that know, day. Yes. I'm sending you a Lamborghini yes, just because. Please. Let's have lunch in Paris today. Yes, yeah, slay, young Oprah, slay. You know, I'm just, I'm just very optimistic you know, I, I feel like whatever God's plan for my life is, like, that is what it will be. And if it's supposed to happen, it will happen. And just to just be open about everything, right? Because we, we get, like, so stuck into, like, I'm all about, like, destroying the box that society puts you in, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So, like, like... So many different ways to, like, show love and spread love. And, of course, it would be great to have, like, a child of my own. But I have my siblings. You can adopt. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, there's there's no, sort of, there's no shortage of children that needs help or needs love and care. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I can't wait to see who you marry. Yes. <laughs> He's yes. going to be lucky. Yeah. I hope. I hope. And you have a very healthy outlook on this. I'm feeling good about it. Thanks. Very good. Piper, what was the question? Again? Yeah, yeah, no. So ha- having a child later. Why are you so old? That's no, the question. no. 
Well, for starters, because it's like podcast. being a grandma mom? <laughs> People can see how gorgeous you look. You do not look like you're in your 40s. Thank you. So. I, I, I do. No, you don't. No, okay. no you don't. No. Everyone's shaking their head. No, okay. let me tell you. She looks... Halle Berry, they both got the same kind of thing going on. Like inner mm-hmm. glow. Yep. I love your outfit. Yeah, from Ohio. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. And Ohio Pharrell's girls. girlfriend. You mentioned Pharrell, and you said that your husband looks like him. I feel like you gotta look like his oh, wife. She's, yeah. she, she's, I love her. Yes, yes. So like you see? Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll invite us to dinner. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the question was um, what were your concerns about concerns. having a child later in life, like, you know, health wise? I had none. Um, that's we, great because I feel like people like hammer the uh, over thirty five right, risky right. pregnancy. Yeah, so. I, I did have those friends, you know, when they hit 30, 31, 32, started freaking out. Um, I I met Carl when we I was forty. He's quite a bit younger than I am, so I was thinking, all right, well, that fifty percent of the portion might be like maybe we'll get extra credit for that. Um. We got married when I was 43 for my 44th birthday. We went to Paris um, to start trying. Nice. My birthday is in May, and I went to the doctor in June because I was pregnant. Oh, wow. That's amazing. And I think it's because we weren't really sweating it. It was like it's either going to work or it's not. Yeah. I remember because I went to my doctor beforehand just to, you know, like, we're going to start trying, blah, blah, blah. She was like, well... If you're not pregnant in three months, I want you to come back. We can send you to a specialist. You can do this. You can do this. You can do this. And I was like, I am willing to have unprotected sex and adopt. Like, that's it. So it's either going to work or it's not. Yeah. And um, we joke around because if you were to meet my daughter, she's like, I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> so I joke around like, that was the egg. She was like, I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> um, and I had a pretty unremarkable pregnancy. Um she came out at 37 weeks. She was a little early. Okay. Um, but yeah, the, the the doctor's appointments were just like, it was like, ah, oh, here comes an oldie. Like, oh. Were they pushing the, that on you? Just like, like, all right, if your blood, you know, it was all like, if this happens, then we're going to do this. If this ha- and I, we keep saying, well, what if it doesn't, then I can just, we're good, right? Yeah. Um, and I, I get it. It was never... I understand how much the odds were against us, and I do understand the things that can go wrong. And I do not look, look um, I do not look this gift horse in the mouth because I know that there are people out there much younger who have trouble. And I'm so thankful that everything went so well for me. But going to the doctor was stressful. Like that was the most stressful part. Like that's when I was reminded that I was this older mother. Um, so I, I was, you know, I just kind of had to like get my head right before I went into all my appointments. Um, and it went kind of swimmingly well. So what do you think the difference would have been in your life if you had had kids earlier for the both of you? Or not earlier for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You. <laughs> for me, it's hard to even imagine because then it's like I wouldn't have had him with Carl. So who would it have? Mm. You know, for me, for me, it was just always in conjunction with the father. Maybe I would have had more by now, more kids by now. Um, maybe I wouldn't have been so far in my career. I don't know. Like, it's it's so hard to imagine that. Yeah. Maybe you guys I would have gotten a lot less sleep. Like, I got 40 years of really good sleep. <laughs> <laughs> no, not so much. <laughs> Do you guys want to have another kid or... 
That's that's some that's yeah, that's the big question. That that's the thing that happens. So when you get married, the first thing people when you're having a big kid, when you're having a kid, when you, and then what I wasn't prepared for, like I was so excited that we had one our first so easily that I wasn't prepared for like, you know, she's like five weeks old and people are like, When you having the next one, when you having the next one <laughs> and he comes from a big family. So that is a topic of conversation that comes up that we're still kind of resolving. Yeah. I don't know what the answer to that question is. I was just talking to my fiance Scott about it because I came back from the Berkshires like, put a baby in me! (laughs) (laughs) Slash not really. (laughs) I'm getting married in a year. I need to fit my dress. (laughs) But then also the idea of like, how do you manage your career and like having the money because we're both freelancers so like no kids are coming into this house until we have steady income. Like we, and that was the first, uh, he, Carl likes to joke around with me because I am, in some ways, my father's daughter. Um, my dad is very, um, he educated me really well about finances and we talk a lot about it. So that was the first place my head went was like, how are we going to afford this? And because um, we lived in a one bedroom at the time. When I was, before I met him, I was like, I just turned 40. It's a wrap. So let me just buy my like old maid apartment in New York City. So I bought a one bedroom and I met him when I was... I'm sorry, the fact that you could buy a one bedroom in New York. I was 40 though. Like I had lived, you know... But still, I think I still. But I was gonna die in that apartment, right? (laughs) Like this, I was gonna have my cat. I don't even like cats, but eventually I would have had to get them, right? Because that's what happens. (laughs) And literally, I I joke around that like this was um, God playing a trick on me because like I'm in contract, and then I meet this person that I'm gonna spend the rest of my life with, and three years later, I don't have a closet to myself because now we have a dog and a kid, and blah blah blah. blah. (laughs) Um, So. You just figure out how to make it work wherever you are. And if you have to make adjustments like moving, like getting a new job, like going without something, like you just you just figure it out. And I think, um, yes, it is a huge expense in a lot of ways, money, time, your psyche, your body. Um, but it pays off in spades every day. So, yeah. And just to go back to what you were saying about, like, having kids earlier, I could not imagine having kids earlier, but people do on purpose. That's true. There are people (laughs) that are like, you know, like, I have met people, especially guys, where having a child is, like, a career goal. I want to become a dad. And it's just like, bruh, but you 18. <laughs> what? You 18? But that's like, yeah, that's like hashtag career goals, you know? It's real. Wow. Yeah. My jaw is on the floor. Yeah. 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 Parenthood doesn't pay well. Yeah. No, it exactly. Doesn't. Exactly. <laughs> FYI. <laughs> no benefit. Delayed <laughs> return on investment. Yeah. It does, not, it does not fiscally pay well. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's a lot. Ooh. <laughs> oh man, you guys, this is such a good conversation. Yeah. Do you guys have any like thoughts or advice you want to give to other women out there who or like us, sisters in arms, you know, delaying having I, kids until... I think if, if you do delay it, and if you delay it as far as I did, you've got to look at a lot of it with just the biggest sense of humor. Because I, w- I will say, like, while I was pregnant, definitely in my last trimester, 
hoofing it to work, like commuting through Grand Central where people were running. And, and I, I delivered late January, so I was at my biggest in the dead of winter. So I had a puffy coat, so I'm uh-huh. sure p- people just thought I was huge. And like, I almost got knocked down the steps a couple times. To- oh like, my people gosh. were kind of crazy. Yeah. And I just remember thinking, like, okay, I kind of understand why I was supposed to do this 20 years ago. <laughs> like, <laughs> I am tired. <laughs> and then, and, you know, keeping up with a toddler. Every Sunday, I'm like, I kind of understand. But then I look at my uh, Carl. He's just as tired as I am, so I don't feel that bad. But I have to just, like, laugh at sometimes being... You're not always the old mom, especially in New York and Brooklyn, because people are having um, kids later. But uh, it was, like, two weeks before my birthday, and I took my daughter to the playground. And I don't know why she did this, because a lot of... the stuff, a lot of the things she spouts out are because of books she's reading or movies she's seen, but this didn't connect to anything. But she just started calling me grandma. <laughs> Come this way, grandma. Oh grandma, I want to go down the slide. Hey, grandma. And oh I was just gosh. like, how are you? First of all, I was so proud because I'm like, your comedic timing is on point. <laughs> you are my daughter. But on the second, I was like, people can hear you. Why are you saying this? And I was like, I need to get my hair dyed or something. Like, what's going on? But, so and I just had to I texted Carl and I was like, she is literally calling me grandma around here. I'm feeling oh away gosh. about it. But I was like, all right, you know. There you go. <laughs> Can we talk a little bit about, like, the physical part of being an older mom? Sure. Like, when you were talking about, like, oh, I'm tired, that's something that I think people want to know about. Sure. Um, it's funny. I was joking around with a friend about this, um, and he was saying, we were talking about, you know, people and having kids later, and you're tired, and oh, you're just tired and then I was like, yeah, but I look at, like, the moms in their 30s, and they're pretty tired, too. And he's like, yeah. You know, the only ones, like, skipping through this are the ones in their 20s. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think it's just, like, you join that tribe. It's the tired tribe, right? Um, I don't think I'm any more tired than mothers or fathers who are 10 years younger than I am. Um, I guess maybe that's one thing advertising new business pitches you get just as little sleep so I've done it like that's why I tell people it's like a new business pitch that never ends um and you just got to figure you know you just I do I have to take better care of myself than maybe single piper did so Carl will joke around when I go grocery shopping and I come back and he's like you you single piper shopped like I got one red pepper and I got a carrot like it was what my refrigerator looked like when it was just me yeah so I have, you know, I eat better. I don't go out as much, so I'm not drinking as much. Um, I try to make sure I get more sleep than I used to. And if I can keep that stuff. And once she started sleeping through the night, like really through the night, then it got a lot easier. But, yeah, the first few months are rough. Yeah. I don't, you know, I don't have any children. But just by listening to you speak, I think that the biggest takeaways is, like, don't let people run your life. Like, live your life and let them live theirs. And... You know, like, in terms of, like, the whole age thing, there's people, I mean, I'm looking at you right now, people that are, you know, like, look and more, like, better shaped than than people that are, like, half their age. So I think it's also basically, like, how you live your life, like, a lifestyle. Like, are you fit? You know, that, I feel, like, goes into how you are able, your endurance, like, as a parent in terms of, like, running after them and, like, all that stuff and, like, your pregnancy and stuff. You know, like, live a healthy lifestyle from now, and you'll be okay. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, have the right partner. 
for me, I always knew that it like it looked hard from the outside, and I knew that I wanted help. So having the right partner it makes all the difference in the world. So you know, if I'm like, I really need to just like lie down. I'm a horrible napper anyway, so I can't really fall asleep during the day. But sometimes I just need to like have a lie down, so mm-hmm. to speak. He'll be like, all right, you know. I'll take her to the playground or I'll do we're we're pretty good at making sure the other person gets to do what they need to do to stay right in the head. Nice. I think that's it. a really He's okay. a great dad. Oh my gosh. They <laughs> they have like little their latest thing is to make cornbread together Aww. on Sundays and then uh they have a uh, they have little daddy daughter playdates and he'll take her. Every time I take her to the playground she comes back bleeding and calling you grandma too, and calling me grandma. And I'm like, don't, like I'm so protective, and he's just like, go run, and and sh- it's crazy, yeah. So he's great. Uh, I think that's a he's really great. good full circle, bringing it back to the partner. Uh, we had women from her 20s, a 30 something <laughs> woman in her 40s. I think we got a good, good mix and good lay of the land on this yeah. episode. Thank you guys so yeah. much for coming in. Find a guy with no good problem. crust. <laughs> Find a guy with guy. <laughs> Find a guy with good crust. That could be the title. Right, I'm going to keep that in mind for the title of this episode. All right, and we'll be right back after this break. All right, and we're back for the the last part of our podcast, Things That Gave Us Life, where we go around the room and share something that made us happy. So, Nephi, what is something that gave you life this week? Something that gave me life this week actually happened like a few days ago. Um, I went to, where did I go? I went to see, why am I trying to play? I went to see, hold on. I know, Hamilton. No, I wish <laughs> Hamilton. Oh my oh goodness, my I'm gosh. like waiting. Oh gosh. Yeah. I, need a, yeah. <laughs> I need a Hamilton plug, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Live for Hamilton. Hamilton Live for Hamilton. Oh my God. Um, I went to see Beyonce. I know. I went to see Eclipse with Lupita. And it was amazing in every single way. Um, And follow. So I was able to go as a larger group. Um, I was invited by Her Agenda, which is, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar, an organization that provides like resources for millennial women in their career trajectory. Um, And they invited like all of the people in their community and their mentees to come out to see the play. So out of the people, the mentors and the mentees that was there, I met this amazing woman named Lindsay. Hey, Lindsay, who was the founder of Crown Magazine. And it all oh, happened. Wow. Yes. This is such a small world. I did not. Do you know Lindsay? I just met her at the um, United State of Women Summit. At, whoa, you yeah. went to the oh, 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 oh. Okay, okay. You went she to the fancy. White House, you know? Don't break me. Seriously. Next time, oh, next time Obama invites you over to his crib, can I, mean, I be your plus one? Yes. Okay, you okay. It it's, on, it's on the air now. It's like in the universe. Yeah, I can't, I can't go back on that. You got to own that. I got to. But Lindsay is like the creator and founder of Crown Magazine, for those who don't know, which is basically a magazine that focuses on natural hair. And I think their model is something like, you know, telling our hair story. So they have not published an issue as yet, but they have like these teaser magazines. And, you know, long story, long story short, you know, following the play, we were able to like go to her office space and I was able to see it and all that good stuff. And she gave me the pamphlet and I was like, mind blown because the magazine embodies like, 
everything that I'm about, and I also feel like I can share with my sister. So we've all grown up with, like, hype here and magazines like that, but they don't really reflect us. Mm-hmm. 90% of... 99.9% of the images in, like, hype hair and magazines of that nature are women with, like, relaxed hair, straight hair, weaves, yeah. and all that stuff. And Crown Magazine is not that. I see my my Bantu knots, my twist outs, my yeah. afro, my twists, my braids. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. Like, this is amazing because this... Like, the only time I see hairstyles like this is when I go to the African braid shop. And they have, like, those are trade magazines. Those are not magazines for, like, you know, public consumption mm-hmm. or mass consumption. Yeah. So that was just amazing to, you know, like, see myself reflected in print because I'm a natural girl. I always have been. No diss to, like, anyone who does perms and all that stuff. But just to see myself reflected, but also, like, my story. So, you know, within the first page of the pamphlet, it's just like, you know, this is for you if... You're that girl at work. Everybody wants to touch your hair. And, like, it was long yesterday and it was short, you know, short today. Like, what's going on? How'd you do that? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So it was just amazing. So Crown Magazine is my plus one because I feel like it is for people that look like me. and and, And it allows me to embrace my natural hair without me having to, like, run a comb through it or go get it done. That is such a beautiful plug, too. And it's Crown, C-R-W-N. Yes. (laughs) See, Lindsay, we got you. (laughs) (laughs) That was great. Piper? Uh, Let's see. It's a story about my kids. Sorry. Of course. No, Um, no, we love that here at Modern Mia. (laughs) For Father's Day, we were up in Connecticut at my in-laws, and we went to to church, but we went to a church that we don't normally go to. And midway through the service, somebody tapped me on the back because— my daughter was sitting on my lap, and they said that they actually have a kid's Sunday school outside. So I took her out. She's only three and a half. So I took her out, and there were maybe like 25, 30 kids um, in session. And as soon as we got out there, she was like, put me down, Mama. And she went and totally joined the group because you never know how this is going to go, if they're going to be shy or whatever. So she joined the group, and I watched for a while. Then I told her I was going to leave, and she was okay with it. And then later the teacher came up to me after the service and she said that, I guess they had asked, does anybody have a special talent that they want to show? And apparently she raised her hand and she ran up and she told everybody to sing Twinkle Twinkle Little Star because she was going to dance. I was like, that is so amazing to hear. And then I was like, why did I not see I would have loved to have seen it, yeah. but I'm like, look at my little, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> twinkle, twinkle, twinkle little star. I love that. Yeah. Uh, so, because when she's with me, she's super shy all the time, so it's nice to know that. She's okay on She's her doing old. that. She she's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's really sweet. And then I asked her to do the dance, and she just was like, give me a cracker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hungry. <laughs> so I have no idea what the dance looked like, Aww. but yeah. I, I can envision it in my mind. Yeah. Well, it's funny because we, we dance a lot at home. We'll put music on and dance. And she was still most recently doing that, like, toddler flailing about <laughs> no rhyme or reason. Yeah. And we, we were joking around because the other, like, in the last two weeks, she's been, like, flailing, flailing, flailing. And then all of a sudden she'll go like this. <laughs> and it's like, oh, my God, there it is. There's a rhythm, right? And we're like, yeah. And my husband's like, she is my girl. She is my girl. But she'll do it. And then it's almost like she gets this look on her face like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> and we're like, that's rhythm. It's good. Let it come out. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> it's hilarious. I it's love really, it. They're little science experiments. It's really fun to watch. And it's like, oh, okay. So they walk at one and rhythm is like three and a half. <laughs> good to know. Yeah. Good to know. Um, so something that gave me life this week, it's a two part since I mentioned the United State of Women. Um, 
I was completely floored by the fact that I got nominated and uh, was able to attend um, the United State of Women, which was held earlier in June, uh, to really bring about a lot of change makers and um, influencers who are doing a lot of amazing things to bring gender equality to our country. And it was right after the um, Orlando um, shooting and just when you're faced with such ugliness in the world, it's very like Donald Trump and like mm. social Post media. Child for ugly. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> um, in every sense, I just, it was so nice to be surrounded by so many people who were working very, very hard to bring um, just like a little bit of happiness to their communities in the form of, you know, ending um, campus rape culture to, um, I met the woman who is part of the Bring Back Our Girls movement in, in Lagos, mm. Nigeria, which my family is from, and just hearing the work that she does. Or another woman who, I didn't even know this, but in India there's a toilet shortage. Um, so because girls can't, of course, like go use the restroom anywhere like boys can, they hold it in until the very end of the day to like use whatever restroom is available. So that's, you know, unhealthy, one. But two, on top of that, there are men who are wait, like laying in wait to rape oh or kill them. Oh so gosh. this woman is doing a lot of work to bring something that we all take for granted every day uh, to these communities so that, you know, these girls can you know, be healthy and, and use the restroom without fear of being attacked. So it just, um, like, made me feel so full to be surrounded by so many people doing good and then also to meet people who know about what I'm doing and were, like, there to make me feel like the load of doing something by myself and trying to build an audience for it and, and grow it wasn't something that I was just doing by myself. So it was it's very easy to forget that, you know, you're not alone, uh, but to be surrounded by like 5,000 plus women was just like amazing. Um, and I might just leave that at, as the thing that gave me life because the other one was very silly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, I went to the YMCA to like learn how to swim and I can't wait to learn <laughs> that how to swim. That is not silly. That's, <laughs> That's a really, life skill. Oh, That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really excited for my swim classes so I can, like, start swimming this summer because I have a fear of water. Like, I love being around it. it. It soothes me, but the idea of being in it terrifies me. So it's part of me conquering a fear in 2016. So, yeah. That's on my list of things to do. It's really, it's a lot more affordable than you would think. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I've tried. So, like, every time I go to the beach, I just know that I'm there to profile because I always end up getting, like, washed up on a rock like somebody <laughs> saved my life. Oh, my God. My That's last... how you're going to meet your, you're going to marry a lifeguard. <laughs> yes. He is going to rescue. Yes. Gonna be or great. a merman. I prefer the lifeguard. <laughs> but my last semester of college, you know, I'm just like, okay, because, you know, the hair thing, you know? It's like a whole semester for me to be go what well, it all depends <laughs> on what my hair is looking like but I'm like okay I'm going to commit to this and I learned how to, I feel like I learned how to swim and then I forgot. Yeah. Oh. No, my dad, I was telling my dad that I um, just signed up for classes and he was laughing because when I was a kid, I took classes at the YMCA and they got you all hyped up like, ooh, you graduate this class. You're a, you're a, like guppy now. Yeah. Ooh, go guppy, go <laughs> yeah. guppy. So I was like, yeah, I know how to swim. <laughs> and then when I was 10, I went to a swim park and um, went to like the the deep end um what do you call those like water slides, slides? Yeah. yeah so I was like really excited it looked more fun than the shallow end I got in 
and it just like dropped me off in the middle of this the deep end and I could not feel the bottom and just started freaking out yeah. and like almost drowned and a lifeguard had to save me. So oh I just gosh. like have never seen it for <laughs> the deep end or yeah. like bodies of water. But I want to like get over that. Yeah. So, so that was an, another thing that gave me life this week. Um, so thank you guys so much for coming into the studio. This was so much fun. I definitely want to have you guys back in the yeah, future. Totally. Yeah. Thank you. Where can people go to find you online? Um, I have 44 Twitter followers. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Piper. You don't lead with that. You let that be the surprise. <laughs> and my Instagram account is private. Oh, I mean, my goodness. However, if you want to see some of the work I've done, you can go to PiperHickman.com, and that's my professional site. Awesome. Um, <laughs> we'll get to work on your followers. Yeah, we'll my Instagram. Seriously, Instagram. It's just like dog, baby, husband, beer. Dog, <laughs> baby, husband, beer. Oh, look, I'm in Nashville. Like, that's all it is. Yeah. So PiperHickman.com. Yes. And we'll link out to that on the website. Okay. And Effie, what about you? I'm on social media everywhere. <laughs> yes, you are. As Neffy Anderson. That's N-E-F-F-Y Anderson. I love Snapchat, so you go... On Snapchat to see, like, the grind behind the shine. Instagram is really, like, my highlight <laughs> yes. reel. And then Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube is where I push out my content. Uh, oh, and watch my web series, The Pathless Traveled, on NeffyAnderson.com. That's also the hub for, like, everything. You just find out yeah. what's going on in my life. Just go to NeffyAnderson.com. Awesome. <laughs> if you would like to be the 45th follower on Twitter. I'm at PiperBKNY and that's the Instagram handle too. And thank you guys for listening. You can follow Mater Mia on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at M-A-T-E-R-M-E-A and if you have a topic idea you'd like us to discuss in a future episode, you can email me at podcast at modernmia.com. The Modern Mia podcast is executive produced by myself, O. Valerie Nicholas, and Kimson Albert. Our associate producer is Isaro Carter, and the podcast is edited by Ty Worrell. All right, we'll see you guys next time. Bye. 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 <laughs>